Right now, though, we're talking cricket with former Black Caps uh, coach Mike Hess, and he joins us. G'day, Mike. How are you? Very good, thanks, Ricardo. Uh, mate, happy New Year to you. Yeah, same to you. Treating you right so far? <laughs> yeah, no, so far I've had a good good couple of days, but yeah, nice to uh, nice to be back in the country and enjoying a New Zealand summer. Oh, mate, that's all good. What, what part of the country are you enjoying it in? Have you got a, got away to uh, to a summer spot? I actually spent the days between Christmas and New Year um, up near the place not far from Wanaka, um, and I've been back in Dunedin a couple of days now. Just a little bit of work to do, so uh, but yeah, four or five days away, which is great. Oh well, yes, we'll start there. Yes, I know you're pretty involved with uh, with the Otago Vaults. Uh, the last couple of games have been uh, they've played pretty well. It must be good for um, an Otago night like yourself to have someone like Dean Foxcroft back playing for the Vaults. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, him obviously getting stuck away from New Zealand, not being able to get a visa to come over was, was pretty huge for, I guess, for his life, really. Um, I mean, he, he sort of made a commitment to come over to New Zealand and then, uh, as he said, wasn't allowed in the country for a couple of years and he was pretty much in limbo doing nothing. So really delighted for, for Dean to be able to come back and play the way that he has done, having pretty much missed you know, some competitive cricket for a couple of years. So uh, he looks like he looks an exciting prospect. You know, the fact he's, he's multi-skilled, so, and he's certainly uh, sort of holding that Otago Volts team together. Oh, just on there, before we move away from Otago, because you are an Otago expert, ex-Volts coach as well, um, Jacob Duffy seems to be in really, really good form, um, particularly the last couple of seasons. Do you think it was a li- like a touch hard done by to not be on this test tour? Yeah, I'm, I'm not actually sure what his best form is, to be fair. I mean, he's a really consistent performer, um, Incredibly good with his, with his variations and his, and his death bowling from a white ball perspective. From a red ball point of view, um, yeah, I mean he really swings the new ball as, as you know, um, and, he, and he does reverse it. But he's he's probably not quite quick enough to be able to maximise that reverse that, that the guys are getting over in Pakistan. So mm. it could be a bit of a um, a bit of a death nail for guys heading over to Pakistan as seamers uh, in the Test version. But I, I certainly thought he might have got a crack in the white ball. Um, the move to to play Henry instead of Wagner um, in this test series, oh sorry, this test, the second test in Karachi, uh, do you think it's the right move uh, to try and hopefully uh, be able to bowl Pakistan out twice? Look, I actually feel the thought for Wags, I mean he's, he's obviously, he hasn't really played a lot over the last 12 months and he is a guy that thrives on bowling and he thrives on longer spells and then he actually gets quicker mm. and almost like his body needs to unwind, so the fact he's had a one-off test, he's He's hardly bowled. Um, he actually, I thought he got better as the test went on. He actually got the ball to start to, to go a little bit in, in those, albeit, three overs in the second innings. But um, they've obviously decided they need a little bit more pace um, in that attack to try and maximise anything on offer. Um, you know, Matt Henry's a good bowler, but he's probably more a seam bowler than anything. But I guess time will tell. But I, I certainly feel for Wags because I think he deserves a longer run. Mm. Um, uh, here's the... Um, 200 that Kane scored in the uh, in the first test. Um, how much of that do you put down to him having the pressure of the captaincy off his shoulders? Look, it is hard to quantify, isn't it? We're probably guessing, but I think the the fact he's able to just focus on batting. I um, mean, you bat for, for 200 runs, you bat for over a day. You need to concentrate, obviously, for long periods of time, and and when your brain can be filled with other things. Um, and it's not like he hasn't done it before when he's been captain, but as I said, over time it does wear you down. And, and I think he will enjoy the next period of, of his test career, the fact he can just focus on his batting, 
can get into his little bubble. Um, and certainly looks like he's helping Tim anyway, as, as he would, and, and you'd expect from all of your senior leaders. Uh, last night we saw another, another informed batsman, Tom Latham, just seems to be keeping on getting better and better with age. Uh, you, you've coached him in the past and watched a lot of cricket of Tom playing. Um, what what's makes Tom such a good test opening batsman? He's very disciplined um, and he trains the way he plays. So he's, he's really clear around how he wants to operate. Um, he, he doesn't have a, a big bat swing. It's just a, a little snap of the wrist. He, like he, he makes really good contact on the ball. So so he doesn't have to go hard at the ball in terms of being able to generate power. So from an opening batting point of view, you know, we talk about playing late and playing under your eyes. He can do that and he can generate power. So he's um, he's able to, when they miss, he's able to capitalise. And, and, and he scored at a decent rate along with Devon last night, which sort of got us, you know, slightly or certainly ahead of the game at one point. So, um, look, I think he'll go down as our greatest opening batter by by streets by the time he's finished because um, he's scored runs and you know all around the world in different conditions and um, he's he keeps things pretty simple and um, he's a, it's again another good sounding board for Tim sort of as the leader of the group so uh, yeah look he's a he's a cracking talent and, and we were lucky to have him lucky to have him when you know New Zealand sort of have always struggled for opening batters and, and he's certainly come and filled that void nicely. Yes, um, I, I know we've spoken in the past about Henry Nichols' overseas record and how good his record is at home. Last night he, he got presented with his uh, cup for uh, his 50th test. Uh, I want to talk about the positives of Henry Nichols and, and what you have seen him throughout those 50 tests. Yeah, look, he's gone through a couple of challenges. You know, early on in his career, they you know used to nick out a lot and play along beside the ball. Um, you know when the ball bounced when he when he sort of first introduced to, to test cricket where the you know the ball and is just that little bit quicker and, and the guys get that little bit more steeper bounce so um, he made that transition I mean it was kind of a bit of a turning point for him and then he went on a bit of a run where he got got four hundreds in a season and um, you know he he's he's a fighter he, he takes that aggressive option too I mean even the way he got off the mark yesterday second ball getting down lapping and sweeping so he doesn't let the ball he doesn't let the game uh, drift, uh, and he, he scores. He's quite an unusual player. You know, he scores in areas that are quite hard to defend. Um, not your traditional sort of classical player. So, uh, I, I quite like those self-made guys that you know have, have found a way sort of through domestic cricket. They work out how they want to play the game, and I guess that next challenge, as you, you alluded to, is is it's all very well playing in these conditions. It's how you can adapt to conditions away, and and that you know that's challenging. Um, for any player, you know, batting in the middle in the subcontinent is, is a tough gig. Hmm. Um, but look, I just, you know, he was always a very good team man. Um, always put the team needs sort of ahead of himself, which is, you know, what we sort of love about, about New Zealand cricketers and, and the fact they are always playing for the team. So, um, yeah, look, he'll go down as a, as a really good middle order player for New Zealand and, you know, scored some, scored some high quality hundreds. Mm. Uh, it's interesting. I was looking at his his average, particularly his average away from home, um, Mike. It's it, it's not as good as it could be, or as good as you'd probably like from someone coming in it for. I mean, what other options do you think Stead may have looked at? Uh, I, we've talked about maybe Will Young could come in and open, and Devon Conway could play that full role. But uh, what what do you think on that front? Yeah, it's funny, Mitch and I had this this chat a wee while ago. I mean, I'm I'm always a fan of Devon Devon Conway opening. I just think he's especially in the subcontinent. Um, you know, that's where he's had his, his bulk of his runs in test cricket. Um, but he also, it means he doesn't generally have to start against spin, which is probably his one 
as one weakness. And that's what Henry Nichols has to go through, is, is generally starting against spin on the surface that either skids or occasionally just holds and turns. So, uh, look, I think Will Young is a, is a good player as well. I mean, he's personally, I think he's better suited to the middle. Um, he's moved up to the top a couple of years ago and, and did really well in county cricket, which was, which was great. Um, and he's earned that opportunity, and he's probably showed his flexibility. You know, I think he's a probably more a tactician. Um, sorry, no, tech, technician actually is the word I'm after. He's, he's tactically really good. He's, he's got a really sound technique. Um, and but once again, starting against spin for a guy that hasn't really done it is also going to be a challenge. So I, I don't think whatever change you make, you, you kind of need to give that person a little bit of time to find his feet mm. um, starting against spin in the middle. Yeah, you're right. It is is definitely a tough tough position, isn't it? Um, look, looking uh, news coming out yesterday that Adam Milne is going to be missing um, the white ball leg in Pakistan and in India, um, and Blair Tickner is going to replace him. Do you uh, with Milne? Do you feel like he's missed out on opportunity to really stake his claim before that one day World Cup? Because I, I guess would you be looking for him to play a whole series of back to back games to prove that he can play in the one day format again? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a red flag, isn't it? Difficult to all of a sudden go, yep, we're going to risk one of our 15 spots on a player who's, you know, struggling to to be able to play back-to-back games. And when I mean, you look at it two ways, you can go, look, Millie's made a, a good call in terms of he said he's not ready. And, and that's, you know, not, the, the worst result is he goes over there and he breaks down a game um, and he's not confident in himself. So, you know, probably the right decision is made. It's just difficult, you know, from a selection point of view now, you're going, geez, you know, can we rely on him? We can in T20 because we know he can get through his four overs, but can we rely on him bowling, you know, three to four spells um, within his 10 overs? And, and that's a really tough ask. Um, you know, you like to think that, that he's at a stage in his career where he's probably a little bit more resilient because um, he's been through so many injuries. Uh, and I really hope he is because he's a, you know, he's a fine cricketer and he's a guy who just needs a decent run at it. We've named a, a white ball squad, uh, ODI squads for Pakistan and India. Um, do you, how much can you take from, from the squad that's been named? Do you think this is a shadow squad for the World Cup or do you think there are a few names that aren't there that might be? Oh, look, I think it's also condition-based. I think, um, you know, which we obviously we're going to play the World Cup over there, but I guess they're just trying out a few guys. Um, I mean, Michael Bracewell's got... You know, he's, he started off with a real hisneror and, and has looked useful, particularly with the ball. And, and I think they need to see something from him with the bat in these conditions. Mm. You know, when you're going to play a couple of spinners, you know, as that backup to, you know, whether they go Satna Sodi um, or whether they look to go Satna Bracewell, um, you know, will kind of depend on the, on the balance they want. But Bracewell's got to show more with the bat um, and he's got to show how he can deal with it when guys are coming after him with the ball. Um, yeah, Tickner's an interesting one, and I mean they've they've obviously gone for that enforcer role type of person rather than like a Jacob Duffy. Um, and you know, even when you're bowling quick, you've still got to have a whole heap of control over your length, and and that's my concern with Tickner. And I'm sure they want to see that is whether he can control his length, because um, as you know, Mitch, if you don't control your length over there, it doesn't really matter what pace you bowl, you'll go the distance. So um, that will be interesting. Whereas someone like Duffy. You know, maybe five, four to five k slower, but a lot more control. Um, then obviously can you know can swing the ball up front and potentially get your wicket. So, um, yeah, interesting. Um, 
you know, I, ge- I generally like the squad. I mean, I, I think New Zealand's one-day format at the moment is probably their best. So, um, yeah, looking forward to a good 12 months. Uh, th- we don't see a lot of Ford Trophy uh, on, on the TV now, so sometimes it's hard to get a gauge on exactly how good um, and what type of players some players are when they come into the environment. But Henry Shipley has been named uh, in this ODI squad. He looks an exciting player out of Canterbury, a, a batting all-rounder who's uh, a big, tall guy who can bowl with a bit of pace as well. What do you make of him, and, and, and who would you sort of compare him to if you had to compare him to anyone? Yeah, look, I really like him. I've liked him for a while. He's, he's had a lot of injuries. He originally was a bowler who batted a bit and then had some injuries and then sort of forced his way back in as a, as a number six batter. He, he's got long levers. I think, like, Cameron Green, I think, is probably yeah. our closest. He's closest to that. Um, you know, he's tall. He bowls from a high action. Um, so he gets good bounce. He's not as quick as, as Cam Green, but he, he certainly... Yeah, got a, a little delay in his action. Um, and he's got long levers, so he's got good power down the ground. He can play the short ball. Um, so, look, I, I think he's a good prospect, and I think it's a nice it's a nice selection to to look at, you know, another all-rounder. Um, you know, there's a few around the scene, but, uh, you know, Sean Solly is another one who, you know, sort of been on a few A-tours. Um, you know, Shipley's probably slightly quicker um, in my last view of him. Um you know, very yeah, very different types of players. Mm. Shipley's probably more of a power player. Solly is, you know, even batted towards the top of the order at times. So, um, you know, they're probably after more of that finishing role. So, um, yeah, I think New Zealand have got some coming through. They probably need to just give them some opportunities, and this is obviously a perfect time. Uh, your other, or your main, your main role is director of cricket operations at RCB. Yes, you've just had the IPL auction. Um, are you happy with how your side's shaping up? Yeah, look, we had a really good auction, to be fair. We, we didn't enter it with a huge amount of money, and we ended up getting a lot more than we we'd sort of thought we would. So um, I guess that's a sign of, you know, you get the players you want, plus we we got a, probably a couple of bonus players. So, um, yeah, we were lucky. We we kept sort of 18 of our 25 uh, we retained, so we were a pretty stable sort of squad, uh, where some other teams had quite a lot of business to do. And yeah, the, first, uh, the first sort of hour of the auction, there was plenty of money spent, and we were sort of just sitting there, Trying to pump the price up a little bit. So, um, look, it was it was good. RCB, I think we've got a good squad, but so did, to be fair, so do most teams. You've got Finn Allen uh, with RCB this year. Uh, is he basically? Is has, do you think in the last twelve months since he was with you guys that he's really come on in leaps and bounds? Look, I think he has, and I think we sort of you know always picked him as a talent and and one that we think will evolve and and play a real role for us you know, in the future. So, you know, hence we, we look to retain him. Um, and, look, he showed some good signs. I think, you know, Finn's, Finn's challenge and, and these two tools will be good for him is to just try and find a way of getting past the power play mm. and still playing the same way. I mean, if he, can, if he can play that aggressive brand and get to the end of the power play, he'd probably be on 50. Um, and he's changed the game. So if he can do that a few more times, I think he's done it three times out of 24 or something, um, and he's... You know, he's got all the shots. It's just a matter of just refining that decision-making a little bit. But, boy, he's an exciting talent, um, and he's one that, you know, 
plenty of people around the world are keen to get a hold of because he can change a game so quickly. Another Kiwi we saw in the auction was Kane Williamson. Obviously, uh, Sunrise has let him go, um, but the uh, Titans have picked him up uh, for the uh, next IPL season, uh, although a little bit cheaper than what he was getting paid uh, at Hyderabad. When he retired the cap- or stepped down from the captaincy of the test team, I, my re- initial reaction was he's, he's kind of... Uh, done the opposite of what I thought. I thought he should have maybe given away the T20 rather than the, the test. Uh, how do you see him at his age and stage of his career as a, as a T20 player? Yeah, well, I mean, your first point around the captaincy, I think you've got you to hang on to what you enjoy the most. And, and I think, you know, Kane certainly enjoys captaining in the white form. Um, and as I said, I think, you know, test cricket certainly allows a bit more time. It's a bit more of a slow burn. So, you know, that allows the captain a bit more time to find their feet so that didn't surprise me um, look I guess like we saw Kane you know first test match back to double hundred I think it'll be nice to see something similar in T20 where he just lets the shackles off and um, and plays the, the way that we know he can because he, he can be quite an expensive player and because he plays such good cricket shots he can score at a decent rate in most conditions but we certainly haven't seen that over the last 12 to 18 months and uh, whether that's been, you know, because he's felt the pressure of, you know, being retained as a captain at Sunrises or whether he was just affected by his elbow or whether he just wasn't in great form. Um, probably a combination of all of them, really. But he, we never really saw the best of him in T20 cricket for a while now. Um, and, you know, he played that one innings in the World Cup final in Dubai, uh, which was kind of the way we know he can play. And, and hopefully we can get back to that where... Even if he gets out, like he's, it's almost he's almost tied down by the fear of getting out, and I just love him to just yeah get rid of those shackles a bit and and play with a bit of freedom, and, and that'll actually that'll actually help the guys around them as well. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting call that you make there because that that was part of my thinking was that we haven't you know if you looked at the last couple of seasons his averages and his strike rates haven't really been good and uh, good enough I would have thought and kind of I felt one maybe with his injury that he's had with his elbow that maybe the the game of T Twenty the modern game at that IPL level had evolved past him. Look, I, look potentially, but I mean he he seems to be back playing again, and if you get a double hundred, then. You know, you can obviously hit enough balls for the elbow not to be affected, but mm. it could be the confidence in being able to extend that elbow. Um, I mean, I don't know that the exact, you know, every every tendinopathy or whatever it is is different. Um, so, yeah, look, I hope not. And as I said, we saw glimpses in that World Cup final a year or so ago uh, where he actually hits those sixes over cover, and you can only really do that if you've got confidence in your body. So, look, I... I yeah, I just hope he, he goes to the IPL, obviously not against RCB, and, and I hope he, he plays really well and, and expansively and, and we see the best of Kane Williamson again because um, I don't think he wants to go out on you know scoring less than a run of ball you know, as a strike rate, especially in the power play. I mean, that's just not him. He's he's such a team player. He, he doesn't want to do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we, we see some more... Uh, we see some more stroke play from Kane. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that's what we all want to see, Mike. Hey, listen, really appreciate you coming on today, mate. Uh, always good to chat cricket with you. Um, so much great insight. Really appreciate it. Go well uh, and enjoy uh, the rest of your summer. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.